All right, let's lace them up. Uh, Evan, I want to start with you just because you had that tourney. Uh, I want to hear a little bit of how it went and uh, just a little bit of details. All right, well, uh, started off in Tulsa. We had seven games this weekend. Played Illinois State first game. I think we beat them 10-6, and then we played Oklahoma, OU. We smoked them like I don't even know what the score of that was. Then we played Texas A&M. We beat them 13-1. And then we played Kansas. I went off against Kansas. I had like four goals. Uh, beat them. Gave us the bye round going into Sunday. Sunday we played like actual competition. Uh, started off with Missouri S&T. They are in-conference rivals. Always a good game against them. We beat them. And then our biggest game of the weekend was against Missouri. And we beat them on Universe Point, which is basically sudden death. Uh, we beat them mm-hmm. 8-7. That was my breakout game. Uh first big d1 team we had to play against this semester and i had a a good showing out party against them they also had no film on me so they couldn't really game plan for me i'm a big part of our offense and uh, they weren't there to see me in the last tournament they played against us so uh beat them and then championship game versus arkansas we kind of took care of business i led the team in goals this tournament so uh pretty happy with myself first big tournament back on campus and first tournament healthy with the knee. No, that's cool. I uh, I I was just curious, just because you didn't text us this time. Last time you were texting us the whole time, and this time you uh, you forgot about us, like we weren't like we weren't there last time. So, uh, Noah was driving through. Oh, sorry, Bailey was driving through like a snowstorm or a, like a bunch of storms, and you were hanging out with your little girly friend. I, I wasn't updating anybody because I was kind of locked in this tournament. Also, it was my first, like, big two-day tournament since, like, being healthy with the knee. And I, every time I got off the field, I had, like, a massage gun on my thigh and on my calf and stuff. I was a mess, but uh, we pushed through, so I didn't really have time to be on my phone when I was on the sidelines. Dang. Dang, he was locked in. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, and I guess we shouldn't talk about – you talked about Bailey driving. We should talk about the two over-unders again. <laughs> We'll only talk about one of them. We'll only talk about the one. All right. Well, first of all, the under hit on the bet. Um, I ended up only getting pulled over once. I only got one ticket. Uh, that boy was chonky with $200. Shout out a strict cop in Texas that didn't care that it was 3 a.m. Um, and then I finally got there, ended up staying, uh, was on my way back, and was not going to uh, – let anything stop me except a snowstorm so i extended three days uh to not hit the snowstorm ended up driving through two snowstorms a hailstorm a tornado warning a thunderstorm and a dust storm so shout out the great weather of our u.s states that's just uh that's just bailey's luck on display <laughs> uh, he, he tries to do the the safe thing to stay a little bit late and of course uh it comes worse <laughs> Is driving during our tornado warning or tornado watch. I think it was the tornado watch you were driving through, but we were getting like gusts of like 75 mile an hour. He's he was changing lanes without asking for it. So I actually drove through a tornado warning through Texas, and then uh, I actually saw the like clouds circling above me uh, while I was driving through it. And then by get all the way back here, an alarm start going off because the same thing's happening back in Oklahoma. Did my guy just say alarms <laughs> for tornado sirens? 
The alarms are going off. The alarms are going off. Sirens. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. The alarms were in his head. The like the the emergency weather service alerts on your phone. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Good save. But without without extending too long, because I want to get into the sneaker draft uh, that we have prepared for y'all, um, I do want to take a minute and uh, stretch out my appreciation for the people who have been listening, the people who have followed, the people who have shown support, shared our podcast, got the word out that we're doing this. Uh, I appreciate it a bunch. Uh, it's a lot of work in the background, and I just appreciate y'all. So I just wanted to take a, a little moment, and we'll get into our, our sneaker draft without further ado. So basic draft rules, we're doing a six-man squad, starting five and a six-man, and uh, Bailey has first pick for us. Uh, the basic rules of our sneaker draft that we're going into are uh, we're going to pick a shoe off the model. Not We can talk about why we picked it off the colorways and stuff, but we're not going to talk about like a specific colorway that's uh, what we're picking it's going to be like if i want the jordan 12 i'm going to pick jordan 12. so with bailey with the first pick what you got and just as a side note uh jordan ones are jordan and air force ones are nike so uh with that note this bailey dude thinks he's so off. funny he really thinks he's so funny that's crazy um i just don't want you to slip that's all yeah 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 yeah, yeah. anyway uh, first pick of the draft, I'm actually going to take Jordan 1, so it's f- so funny that you, like, you know, had to make that distinction real quick, because it's not like you knew I was going to pick, so yeah, it's, I, just, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. I, I just had to make sure that, uh, that we were all on the same page. Right, know. right, just okay, precautions. How, how could you mix that up? Right, right, right. I don't know who, who you could ever mix that up. Check the TikTok for the bloopers. Um, <laughs> uh, the second overall pick, my first pick in the draft, uh, going to go with the iconic Jordan 11s. Jordan 11. Those are two picks high on my draft board. Um, but I came prepared. I did my homework for uh, 15 years of my life. So uh, with the third overall pick, my first pick, I'm going to pick the Jordan 4. Did you know that the Jordan 4, the spiky part on the bottom, was inspired by fighter jets? When did I ask? That's such a crazy fact, Noah. When did I ask? Yeah. And then we're going to sneak back. Uh And since nobody took it, since nobody took it, I'm going to uh, take the the dunk. Uh, I'll specify and say the dunk low with my my fourth or with the second. With my second fourth overall pick. Back to me. We got back to you. After the snake, fourth overall pick in the draft. My second pick. I don't like how you said that. My you, said, se- you said after the snake. I don't like how you said that. After, yeah, you're a snake. After, after, Ouch. after the snake, Mister Sneakerhead over here trying to flex on us. Bro got a dangly earring on just for the just for the TikTok. Anyways, anyways. Shout out the danglies. Um, my second pick. We're gonna go with the Air Force Ones, and y'all were clowning me earlier for these, but these are the shoes that like started the customizations of sneakers. Like people were painting these, restitching them you know, putting them in coffee or all these things to try and get different colorways. Um, and, you know, I think it was just the start of, like, sh- sneaker customization. And I think it's super versatile with what you can do with them. And I think it's just, like, really iconic, the way people paint these and the way celebrities wear them. Um, yeah, Air Force Ones. That's a, that's a really cool aspect that 
I didn't think that you were gonna go go with. I thought you were just going with a real popular shoe, but it's cool that you went the customizer route. It really is. And then honestly, uh, one of the aspects of that shoe that I haven't really seen replicated in other shoes is the, like those ones have had tearaways. Those ones have like uh, temperature changing for with the colors. Like that's so crazy. Um, for my pick though, I'm gonna end up taking the sixes. It's an iconic shoe. You can't you can't leave it off the board. Especially with as high as we're at right now. Yuck. <laughs> hey, it's a crazy shoe. You can't you can't leave it. Um, and then for my next pick, um, I'm gonna end up taking the Grinches, the Kobe Grinches. Have to take them. No, bro. <laughs> Come on, that was my next pick. <laughs> that was my pick. I believe you. That was my pick, man. Oh. <laughs> Dang, that was that didn't even, that one didn't even make my board. Oh, yeah, we don't care. Okay, we don't care. All you have is Jordans on your list. All right, thanks. No, I don't only have Jordans. Bro, I had like I had like seven sneakers on my draft, and I, and I just found out five minutes ago that I needed six. I thought I just needed five, but I need a six man now. Um, so we're gonna pivot here, and this yeah. is gonna be the most controversial pick in the draft. But for me, for me, oh, I think brother. it's a steal. Crocs at three. Crocs at three. I'm wearing the pink ones right now. Got my gibbets on. Let me say, man. Every athlete wears Crocs. Every athlete wears Crocs. Perfect loungewear. If I got to run to the gas station 2 a.m., don't need no socks, put my Crocs on. Pre-game, socks in, not in sport mode, socks on, Crocs on. If I need if I need to like get serious, throw them in sport mode. Versatile shoe, cheap shoe, stylish shoe. Hey, uh, Bailey, do you have a pair of Crocs? Just curious. Uh, yeah, they're actually collecting dust under my bed I, currently. I got them over a deployment. They blend in with the ground because uh, they're disgusting brown, as they should be, as all Crocs should be. They're disgusting. The only thing that's cool about Crocs is they're customizable. Oh, wait, so is every other shoe known to man. That's, that's crazy. That's so crazy. I, man, Dang, He's flaming you. I'm telling you right now, that is a crazy pick. I would have never in my life Evan, in a fight. sneaker draft. Evan, a sneaker draft? Fight back. Oh, my Evan, God. Oh, my God. The fight rubber back. Crocs? No. That, that's Yo, this, this is the same guy that didn't know the difference between Jordan 1s and Air Force 1s. <laughs> it's the same guy. That's the same guy. That's, why do you think we had to preface it? Why do you think we had to preface it? Bro, you took all right, silence. No way your pick. <laughs> he did take a clog in a in a sneaker draft, but with my third pick, uh, hey, don't don't hate on sport mode though. Sport sport mode's underrated. Sport mode goes uh, crazy. With my third pick, I'm going to veer away from Jordan, that I've already which I've already done. I've already done that once. But I'm gonna veer away from Jordan again and pick the Easy 350. Everyone wanted those shoes growing up. Those are all the, the most fake shoes out there. The, the most fake. The, sorry, the most the most like replicated shoe out there, like fake models of them. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. That that means that people want them that bad. If you weren't gonna take that, I know Evan wasn't gonna take it, so that was definitely my next pick. Hundred yeah, percent, it was. It's a great pick. It's one of the most comfortable shoes I've ever put on my feet. Not a single fake one has touched my foot. Can we get a sponsor, Adidas? Can, can we get one? Uh, you know I'll, how we're talking about you right now. I Adidas, know you hear it. I'm, we're talking about the easy though. They're not sponsoring us off that. That's not gonna happen. And then um, 
Man, my fourth pick is kind of tough. Uh, just because I didn't think that you guys would take what you did. But with my fourth pick, I think I'm going to go. I'm gonna go the five, Jordan five. Solid pick, solid pick. You took dunks already, right? As, yeah. As your second pick. I took dunk lows. So if you okay. want dunk highs, you can have. No, 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 it's fine. Uh, sticking with the Adidas sponsorship, um, I think sticking with my drafting style of versatile, popular, iconic shoes. Like I said, shout out Adidas. We want that sponsorship. Y'all are going to clown me on this one, too. I'm going to get the Adidas Sambas. Okay. The Adidas Sambas. Okay. Those are the, the first shoe I saw everyone wearing. Soccer players. If you're a soccer player in middle school, you wore Sambas. They're the indoor soccer cleat. You can wear them outside. Very versatile shoe. Very basic. Adidas Sambas. It, it would not have been my pick at all, but it's honestly it's not a bad pick. I would have never touched my board, but now that you say it, I'm like, you know what? That's that's a shoe that I do see everywhere. So was, I'm not gonna lie to you. Based off the name, I the it doesn't come to mind. It's I'd have very, to see like, them. It's a very casual like. You've seen it. You've seen I, it. I guarantee I've seen it. I just off the name. I don't yeah, remember it, it. I mean, I I like them. I I don't have a pair, obviously, but I I like them. Like they're not a bad shoe. They're kind of like uh. They're similar in the sense of, like, when you see people wear the Reebok Classics. So, like, if you see people wear any other Reebok, you're like, that's kind of nasty. But if you, see, if you see a pair of Reebok Classics, you're like, okay, that's that's not bad. So, it's, it's kind of similar. Okay, I was fair. scared you were going to say Sheltos, though. The Superstars. I was like, oh, oh, no. He said everyone wears them. I was like, ah, no. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, so... I'm I'm gonna need a little bit of a clarification out of you two real quick. So not again. My next pick is gonna be the off white ones. Is that you already picked the ones? That's off white. Off white's completely different. though. Off white's a collaboration with the with Jordan. And that and that, that's different. No. You already have the ones. Yeah, you already have. But off white being a collab, that doesn't make it different. No. They sell different. Yeah, but they're still Black. they're still a one. Oh, Black, Black and the play. Black and the play. All right, all right, all right. Black all right. So that's why I asked for a clarification like real quick. Lose a turn. Oh my lord, these guys. No, I'm just playing. I guess you can I guess you can still pick even though you're trying to you're hey. trying to snake us now. <laughs> I wasn't trying to snake. I wasn't trying to snake. Alright, then uh with my next pick, I'm gonna go with an iconic shoe that since since they came out, I bet you guys didn't even think of them. But since they came out, I was like, Man, I gotta have those. And it's gotta be the Back to the Futures. The self lacing Back to the Futures, bro. You not just pick Air Max. Bro, they're insane. I'm sorry, they're insane. The fact that they're self-lacing and they're like, it's a movie that my dad made sure I grew up with. Like, I gotta take them. Seeing those in the movie, I was like, man, that that shoe's insane. <laughs> All right, last pick. This isn't your last one. It snakes back. One more time. You got it. We got six man. Yeah, this is four and five. Oh, so uh, my next pick. Okay, okay. All right, but my my fifth pick then is uh. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a classic. I don't think you guys have these on your board either, but uh, I gotta go with the Reebok pumps. I, I feel like it's an iconic shoe that our parents really, really loved growing up. And even though like I didn't wear them, like I know I just bought my dad a pair a couple of years ago, and he always wears those things. I will say they were on my board. They were pretty far down, but they were like it crossed my mind for like my sixth man. Mm. Not, not my pick. Um, 
What I will say for my fifth pick in the draft, another popular one. Um, we talked about it off camera a little bit, and I was clowned a little bit, but sticking with uh, versatile, customizable shoes. Chuck Taylor's, bro, with Converse. That's a solid pick. Solid pick. People paint, pick. people paint on them as well. Larry Bird rocked them. Like, what are you going to say about it? There's nothing you can't do in them. I hate that pick. I'm not gonna lie. That was that was the sneaker before Jordan. Like that was that was a huge shoe. Um, like Converse was running the game before Jordan came along, and Nike came out with all the Jordans. So that that's a solid pick. It is. But a lot of the new shoes are kind of garbo. Yeah. So it's this man's about to take some Westbrooks. Watch. I'm not taking no Westbrooks. <laughs> Don't disrespect him like that. He's obviously taking Zion's. Are you kidding me right now? He he saw the logo and he was like the Zion's, bro. Y'all are bold ass. The jaws are worse. The jaws are casual shoes. Just yo yo Nike dropped Kyrie. Jaws going off. Nah, Jaw gets locked up in an open run and now he's punching seventeen year olds. Y'all are y'all are foul. Take your pick. Y'all are foul. Uh, I think that. Man, I want to go with the actual basketball shoes, some that people actually play in. So I think I'm going to go with – no, I'm going to pivot, actually. I'm going to go with the Kyrie 3. That was my fifth. That guy. was my pick. That's I another one. That's, that's – bro. Then, oh. For my sixth man. For my sixth man. You get you could hate on your side of the camera, okay? But for my sixth pick, I'm going to pick something that was on neither one of your guys' boards. And it's a real versatile guy. It's a uh, mm. the, the sneaker, sneaker that, that it's an ASIC. So that's why that's how I know that you. No way, no way! You just hit me with a running shoe, with a running shoe, bro. Bro ran cross country in middle school, and suddenly he wants ASICs. Iconic collaboration. Just to be disgusting, I know what my last pick is. Absolutely, I know what it is. That's that's how I know you guys are casuals. That's how I know. Bro, cause cause he took the Kyrie threes when I'm literally wearing them. Favorite shoe of all time, right here. He took the Kyrie threes in front of me. That's insane. That's how. That's insane. I know y'all are casuals. So with my six man, I'm gonna go with the ASIC Gel Light Three. Too easy. All right, you're 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 done for the rest of this draft. Um, this this man clowned me for Crocs and then picked up a running shoe. Hold on, at least mine was a sneaker and not a clog. Bro, you picked up a nursing shoe. That's crazy. <laughs> They, no, bro. Nah, bro. You had a nurse's ones as your first pick. Was, was that what it was? <laughs> that's crazy. That was the Jordan one. Nah, bro. That's crazy. You picked you picked up a nursing shoe. That's that one's wild. Right, my last pick. I I was gonna go one of two ways here, but I feel like this is too too close to the Chuck Taylors for me to pick them. However, we can't leave out all the dads on this list. You're not. <laughs> I'm doing You're it. Not. I'm bro. taking the new balance in, boy. The the grilling shoe. That's fine. If if the dad on the grill ain't wearing the white New Balances, no, you're wrong. I That's don't not, want it. I don't want it. That's the dad shoe. That's the dad shoe, bro. That's the dad shoe. No, that's not the. You're you're absolutely wrong. That's the poor dad shoe. All right, that is the thinks he can cook dad shoe. No, 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 no. Because hey, I thought you were about to do it. I thought you were about to do it. He's about to get in his bag, bro. My pick. 
the second he took my picks, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be disgusting. I'm going to pick the most versatile shoe that's ever been. And you started talking on your soapbox like you were going to take my pick. Bro, the Nike Monarchs. Are you kidding me right now? That's, that's the dad the, shoe. The that is the dad, dad shoe. shoe. That is if he's barbecuing, I want to eat it. What are you talking about? Bro, hold on, bro. You want to eat what? This man, no, this, this man said the poor dad shoe. Listen, listen. Just because I don't come from wealth does not mean you get to hate (laughs) on all the dads wearing the white New Balances out there. Do not hate on my father like that. Yo, <laughs> no, bro. You're, you're not gonna act like we were all middle class growing up. We're not. We're not gonna act like that. We're not gonna act like we were all lower to middle class growing up. No, 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 no. I saw commercials. I, I know that. Like that's what they were wearing in the wealthy. So, so I'm hearing you had cable. Dang. Antenna. No, I'm. I'm just playing. That's. That's a solid pick at six. I, I'm still gonna disagree. I think I think my New Balances take the dad shoe, but we can agree to disagree on that. So uh, hey, let us know in the comments. Yeah, let us let us know in the comments on this TikTok. I think that's gonna conclude yeah, our sneaker draft. Let us know what you guys think. Give us suggestions for what draft we should do in the future. And tell us what we missed. Tell uh, us what we missed. Facts. If we miss something, especially the sneaker head over there, oh man, you gotta listen. Okay, I'm gonna catch a lot. Of, y- I'm gonna catch a lot of hate because I didn't pick up. I the swear three, to. If, I didn't pick up the the seven. I didn't pick up the uh, the twelves, the thirteens. Bro, if I'm Evan if Evan doesn't get paragraphs of hate in the comments for the Crocs, <laughs> I swear to God, I, I don't know what I'll do. I might you, I might take a leave of absence from the it, potty like because a, I'll be so upset. It's like bringing a knife to a gunfight, you brought clogs to a <laughs> bro really brought the Swiss cheese of sneakers to the freaking to the draft, bro. Come on, no. Yo, you can't you can't have a three cheese sandwich or a three cheese pizza without Swiss cheese. You need the cheddar, oh the Swiss, and the American or mozzarella or or whatever you want. You know, yeah, whatever. You know, okay, we're moving on. We're moving on. The one thing I appreciate is that Evan Evan did his homework when it came to his shoes, though. He did. I was ready. I was yeah, ready. I I appreciate you preparing. I, I, your listen, board. listen. I did. I did the civilian's work. You're talking about doing the Lord's work for the sneaker. Oh. Nah, man. I did the civilian's work. I'm dead. <laughs> the, the average Joe. I did it for you. This guy. I did it for you. Shout out. All right. Let's segue. All right. Uh, Bailey had a question for us. It was cooking all throughout his drive. That's what he told me. So I'm going to let Bailey take the floor a little bit so he can ask his question and we can, we can get into that. All right. So my question for you two. And this is based off of experience. I was actually talking to you a little bit about it last night uh, during the celebration that we had for Noah's birthday, which is on Monday. Shout out, Noah. Turn in 24, you old man. Um, my knees hurt. <laughs> my knees hurt. Oh, I forgot. I can't say my knees hurt around you. My ankles hurt. My ankles hurt. Oh, Lord. We got, we got joint problems in, in this friend group. Um, but the question I'm going to ask, because it's, it's ruined my last two relationships and yeah, I said last two, uh, your boy is single. Oh, let it let it be known that your boy is single now. That hurt. You you want to know what's crazy? I got a phone call while I was prepping your birthday party, and I was doing the entire thing, sitting there trying to like not mentally stress out about it. And I was like, bro, today's about Noah. Like, can I can I just catch a break for a little bit so that I can prep this birthday? Oh my lord! She called me. She was like, I have a written out thing for you oh, oh lord Any, anyway anyway i ruined my last two relationships so here's my question i'm gonna pose what do you guys feel about the one hitter quitters one hitter quit elaborate 
Uh, oh, yeah, that, that one probably needs a little bit. Uh, that's why I phrased it that way, though, because the one argument that ruins oh. your entire relationship, all right? My last two relationships, we didn't argue the entire time, and then we had one big argument, and we broke up because of it. Mm. It ended a six-month, and then it ended a four-month relationship and to, like, two different women. So what do you guys feel about that? I think that, uh, man, it, it's just a testament of how how strong the foundation of the relationship was. And it's not saying that y'all built off the wrong things or anything, but, like, it's just how strong you guys built that with each other. And that's why I think that arguments are important is because, like, or disagreements. I won't say arguments. Disagreements are important because you begin to compromise and you begin to push and pull and figure out, uh, where your your partner is like, yeah, I non-negotiable there. Or like, okay, we could find somewhere in the middle. Or where you're non-negotiable. But with the, you called it one-hitter quitters? Yep. With those, like, you're almost better with those hitting and then getting out. Because if you, if you get that tension and it never breaks until later, like, it only causes more hurt for both of you guys. Uh, I want to start off by saying... Thank you for clarifying on what you meant by one hitter quitter because that that was not where my head was that going is, when you said I that. You were about like a one night stand. Right, that, I'm on board with that. That's where I thought yeah. it was going. So thank you for clarifying because we don't do that here on this on uh, Shoebox Talks. Shout out uh, celibacy. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out celibacy, baby. Um, I I have to agree with with Noah on this. I think we've talked about it. I've talked about it dozens of times. Whether it's uh on camera or off camera um compromise like it's it's the third big question and it's one that you won't get right away in a relationship it's one that's going to take time to come you have to wait for that argument you know that one hitter quitter question right that that one thing that you guys really grind gears on where you don't see eye to eye can you agree to disagree can you agree to come to terms on this how can we work through this or is this something where it's like we're just differing too far here and it's something you guys both are willing to not budge on that's a conversation where it's if you guys can't move on from that then you guys aren't uh compatible and if you are compatible then that's perfect you guys have gained trust you've had you've leapt over this this boundary this hurdle in the relationship and you guys say okay we have both realized we have differences and we can move forward in this. And those conversations usually go one of two ways. One, you get that phone call. So that sucks. Also, I want to shout out Bailey's ex. Like we're not hating on her at all. Not at all. All, all good, all good vibes. Good feelings. We never going to harp on anybody. Yeah. Um, that's not what we do here. Um, good terms only, but uh, one way is, you know, you got to kind of cut ties and the other way is it goes really well. And you leave that conversation like, wow, this relationship is going to be strong. Yeah. Like, it's a very, very good feeling to have. Unfortunately, it didn't go that way. But compromise, I think, is a huge thing that, like we said, we don't find out until a few months in to where you can trust yourself to have these conversations and call each other out on some things you don't like. Yeah. With relationships, I kind of like build an analogy on it. It's like building a like city, if you will. So, like, you have your big foundation of life. And what is that built on? Is it built on something strong or built on, like, money that can go away quick or is it built on the fact that you have an influence on social media and when that goes away your foundation goes away so you need that strong foundation for the whole city and then your buildings start coming up 
and those also need little foundations so like with your relationship you need a strong foundation to hold up this big building that's supposed to erect and be a skyscraper it's supposed to be one of the biggest buildings on that on that foundation but when that building falls yes it hurts like whenever a building falls it hurts the ground around it, it hurts everything but the foundation of what the city is doesn't get compromised because of it so like with that specific situation that's why i say that like it hurts it sucks but it's either you nip it in the butt then or like evan said you guys grow strong from it and you guys keep growing all right so it's actually funny because i feel like both of you guys are ta- like touching on my sub question that i have uh prepared which is um where is your like line in the sand between making excuses and justifying your partner's actions and um things that they're doing whether it's like how your family feels about it or like things that they're just living their life with and actually understanding like some of their problems or understanding where they're coming from understanding just like that they're different than you and like it's they're they're gonna have to grow with you and in their own personal way uh if you guys could give me some examples that'd be great especially because like um like we could explain what it looks like in a christian and then also a secular relationship because like not everybody that listens is christian even though that is what we believe yeah i i think that uh it's all about context it's all about uh where you guys are and what your conviction is even if you're not christian like you when you feel that in your gut that like someone's doing something morally incorrect even if it's not like something huge like in that sense you should feel like you should challenge your partner and you risk like challenging your partner because you love your partner so uh i would say that the line in the sand is what your conviction is uh i am in agreement with noah i think it's like a discernment thing and we get discernment from like the holy spirit and that's something that you obviously have to talk with your partner about um and, and you touched on like secular and and not secular and i think a great segue point like to what Noah wanted to talk about was like uh being born into a christian household and versus not i think it comes with like your upbringing and how you handle uh i don't want to say reciprocity but just like how you handle people disagreeing with you um in conversation on not controversial topics so like not politics just like relational relational things on a, a core level that you guys have disagreements on um, I think both of you coming from, if, if you're two Christians coming from a, uh, a worldview trying to come at a problem, or if you're a Christian and a secular trying to come at a problem, or if you're two secular people coming at a problem, I think all three of those look very different at each other. But from a Christian perspective, because that's where I'm coming from, I would say discernment um, and trying to see through the fog as clearly as you can and try to see the, their perspective of that problem is the best way to do it. But like, like what Noah said, it's communication yeah and uh we can kind of start start pushing into the like born into christian christianity versus finding it uh, a little bit but um i think that that plays a huge role as far as like me and bailey obviously found it so the way that we view christianity is not so image-based whereas like generationally uh christianity was so based off and faceted on what you look like to the church so it was based off of like what you were wearing how much scripture you know you knew how much you were serving all that stuff and now that's why it's kind of like modern 
to me is because like it's Christianity for me is all about the relationship. It's all about having a relationship with God. Like I'm not always going to go to God and say like, dear heavenly father, like sometimes I'm going to go to God and be like, bro, what's going on? Like, bro, why, why am I going through the mud? And that's who I should be turning to. Like, I'd rather focus my anger on God and say like, dude, what, what's going on? Help me understand. Give me the wisdom rather than get mad at you, blow up on you and then ask God for forgiveness later. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, uh, like, people that aren't Christian or, like, don't go to the church, obviously, they're they're listening to their Jiminy Cricket, right? Like, they're conscious and – or conscience, and they're kind of just, like, making decisions based off of that. And for us, we're um, – like, we just are going off the same thing, but we call it something different. Like, for us, it's it's still that feeling of, like, what's right and wrong, but to us, we see it as, like – that's Christ gearing us one way or the other. Like that's our conviction through Christ, like leading us in that way. So I think uh, (laughs) the way that you go to God, it it shouldn't be uniform. And like, I'll tell you right now, I had, I had a streaming match with him last night while I was driving around, but uh, I feel like if you're doing things the same exact way, every time, like let's say you're saying the Lord's prayer, every single time you go to pray, I feel like you're just not going to get the personal relationship that you want out of what you're actually asking for. Yeah, and I, I think it's kind of I, – I saw some stuff about it, and I heard some stuff about it as far as pastors saying that, like, I won't spend more than 15 minutes in prayer, but I won't spend 15 minutes outside of prayer, meaning that it's a constant conversation, and it's not him always addressing God, but at the same time, it's, it's him being involved in everything. So you're constantly, like – hey i'm stressed right now like god i'm stressed it's just a constant conversation constant relationship because a relationship shouldn't be conditional on convenience relationship shouldn't be conditional on what you bring to the table and what other party brings to the table so like you shouldn't have to feel like i'm not worthy for god and god shouldn't feel like you have to come to him every single time with a posture of man i'm so thankful even though we are super thankful for what he does, our posture sometimes will be like, God, I'm frustrated. Like, why did this just happen to me? Why did my, why did my ex break up with me? Why did I get cheated on? Like, it's not always going to be rainbows and cupcakes. It's not peace and joy all the time. Those are like two really good points. And I want to touch on both of them a little bit. The first one I want to start with was with what Bailey said with, uh, like routine in like prayer and how like saying the lord's prayer every time like that like it's not ideal i think um christians as a whole um and not and not just christians but like even even some catholics i feel like we get in this um what's the word i want to use i mean routine but uh we get stagnant and unintentional and we just go to god like hey before i eat i'm gonna say you know dear god thank you for this food bless it for my body let it nourish me amen right that's basic. That's is is it real? Did I mean it, or was it just something I was checking off my list so I can eat? Am I saying the Lord's prayer so I can check it off before I go to bed, right? Or am I gonna sit there and like talk to God about what I did that day, thanking yeah. Him for this, that, and the other, saying, "Hey, I'm sorry for this sin I had today. Please forgive me." Like, right? Am I am I being intentional with it? And that's that's one thing that I have to strive to do every day is to to not go through my checklist with God and to sit there and like you said, have a conversation with him. And the second thing I wanted to touch on was what, what you said. It's so hard to 
go to God when you're on the mountaintop. I know when I go to God, uh, the most, and I, and I hear his response the most is like when I'm at rock bottom, God's like, finally, I take all this away from you for you to finally look towards me. Yeah. And then, you know, God helps you on that mountain climb all the way up, all the way up. And, and it's something that I've been working on this year specifically is like when I'm, when I'm at my highest points, like thanking God for getting me there. And I, I can see all the things I've got, I've gotten through that, that he's walked through me with. Um, just when everything's going well, praising God and thanking God for that because he's the one who got you yeah. there. Um, and I also think it's, you know, God is super funny. Like I, God, I completely agree. God. So, so right. I, I think to myself, like, I'm like, Oh God, you think you're so funny. And I can just like hear him in my brain. Like, he's like, no, I am funny. And then like, he'll laugh at situations. I'm in like, I'll put myself in a situation and God will just laugh at me. Well, I, I used to say it all the time and Bailey's going to start laughing because I, I've used it on him. But at one point in life, I was, I was praying for patience for like a year and a half. And you know how praying for patience goes. Like, you pray for patience, like God's going to put you in situations where you have to be patient. And coming out of that year and a half, I will say I got a lot more patient, but I was tested a lot. And then Bailey comes along, and he has his own situation, and he, I won't get into the wickets of it, but he's telling me after after I've been calling God a clown and a comedian and all this stuff, he comes to me and he explains the situation. He's like, I just don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing. And I start laughing super super like not considerate of his situation at all but no it wasn't like, funny it was it was not funny i bro. started laughing because it was it didn't it didn't look the same but it was almost identical to my situation and it sucked and uh he he asked me for my advice i said god wants you to learn patience and like i said he's been journeying with me like christianity for years so he saw me go through that year and a half of praying for patience daily getting tested and having to be like i'm going to separate from you for a moment and then the same i I literally had to walk away and i started laughing i was like he wants you to learn patience he wants you to wait and i started laughing so hard and i realize now that i'm talking about it it was super inconsiderate of your situation but god is so funny the way that like he'll make you watch someone that's going through something as like almost like prophetic like that's gonna be you that's gonna be you in a little bit so take notes and if you don't it's gonna hit you like a bus yeah i i can relate to that completely because there there have been times in my life where i've gone through like trials and tribulations and valleys in life and and i come out of it with this experience um that i feel is very unrelated unrelatable to people and then like you said you know maybe not the next day maybe not the next week maybe not even the next month but then you'll come across a situation where you'll see somebody and for me it was uh it was one of my students when i was a youth leader back at home god prepped me to speak to this student's life like directly into it and there it was just like i looked at god and i was like i don't know if this was the exact meaning this this one moment this one conversation with with this student who I had a good relationship with is was all of that what I went through that last summer for this one moment with this student and if it was it was worth it like mm-hmm. it was so so worth it to be able to speak truth into that you know that kid's life uh to have that that bond afterwards with him was like it was huge to me 
It's, it's actually really crazy you say that because I, I wanted to touch on something that both of you were kind of getting at is that like you can't be uniform with the way that you're going about things in uh, your or like in your faith. But then also like there's a reason behind that. Like there's a reason that we've gone through all the things that we have. And one, one of my best examples uh, that I have off the top of my head is um, I, I have an uncle and like he had a lot of problems when I was growing up, but he was one of my favorite people in the world. And one of the things that we always did when we like saw each other was we played a lot of pool. And so like he taught me all about it. My grandparents had a pool table and we we spent hours upon hours just listening to music and playing pool and like having a good time together. And it has nothing to do with Christianity and like it has nothing to do with my faith or my religion at all. And I didn't really grow up with it anyway, but it it was something that just like was completely separate. And the amount of relationships or circumstances or situations that I've had just playing pool with people since then and conversations that actually led to a deeper connection with those people based off of like what I had back in my childhood with him is just it's an it's incredible. And so I think with like looking at things not being uniform, like that's to me what modern Christianity is. Like, it's hearing God in situations that you're not necessarily going to him. Like, it's seeing it's seeing the things around you as him trying to talk to you or him trying to say something to you and you have to hear it and listen to it and kind of get something out of it. Like, pool or, like, movies or music. And I think that you can do it with anything. And uh, for people that aren't Christian, like it's the same thing with the Jiminy Cricket. Like you got you got to just you have to look at the world around you like it's talking to you. I think that like we fall down as Christians a lot, especially that I feel like the younger you got into it, the more the harder you fall down on caring so much about what you look like and how people will perceive you. Because uh, I won't lie, I've gotten into it uh, as far as image, like you have to have everything together, you have to look perfect, you have to be dressed for church, you have to know the scripture if I'm talking about God, I gotta know what I'm talking about, right? But at the end of the day, like you're just a vessel, so it doesn't matter it really doesn't, so at the end of the day if God's gonna use you in whatever way it is, uh, your image doesn't matter, if you think your image matters like, you're sorely mistaken like if image matters for, for Christianity, like the devil's Christian of the year every year because he's in every sermon. He knows every scripture. He can quote it. He knows your pastor by his first name and his like unknown name in heaven. And he's he's talking to us daily. Everyone like he knows all of us. So he's Christian of the year every year. If it's about image. He's built to be that he's built to tempt you based off of what he knows about the Bible. That's why he's a he's not just a liar. He's a deceiver. He uses the truth so that he could be like. This is what it says in scripture. So follow that for a year and a half and then realize you've been going the wrong direction the whole time. Facts the boys in this bag. That's, that's, it's crazy because I was going to steer the conversation the same way you did. I feel like we're just like really flowing right now. Yeah. Uh, the last like 20 minutes. What I will say is, is you like hit the nail on the head with the earlier. Like I grew up from like diapers in the church. And one thing I envy from new believers specifically like young adult new believers um like around our age is the carelessness they carry their faith in and i mean that by like 
they don't care what other people think of them. They look for worship anywhere. I see, because uh, and I grew up in the church, so it was it was kind of different. Um, and I think if you grew up in the church, you you'll understand what I'm going to say here. But like the fire that these new Christians get after just a few months in the church, like the things that they went through when they give it to God and and they see the change that He can make in their life, it is like night and day difference. And these guys chase after him so so hard with such passion and it's it's almost contagious to where i'm like why can't i have that that fire for christ like every day and i I see them and i'm like it's it's a it's like a reality check for me Mm -hmm. and i i totally agree with you with the whole image thing you see these people who are new christians coming to god you know and like i said image doesn't matter but in what they're wearing and in their situation arms up sobbing giving it to yeah. christ and and i and i'm sitting here like reflecting on myself like wow it is it am i in routine right now am i being intentional like it's crazy because a lot of people will look at people that deep that postured and in, into like their worship that posture towards god and be like ew right like you'll see them running up and down the aisles and they'll be like what are they doing you're you're being a distraction that's one thing I heard the other day. Uh, I was talking to someone, and so like, someone approached her and told them that someone in the congregation was being a distraction because they were loud, they were like saying amen, they were humming, all this stuff. And they were saying they're being a distraction, and I'm like, who are you to take away someone else's worship and someone else's posture? You call yourself Christian, but you judge. That was actually something that I was going to say based off of where Evan was at because nobody knows how to judge somebody like a Christian does. Yeah. And you see it in church every day. And like it does say in the Bible that your worship shouldn't distract other people, but that's something for God to convict you personally on. Like that's nothing for anybody else to tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing when you're worshiping. Because if you feel like you want to be jumping around, like belly flopping on the stage, like, and that's where God's calling you, that's where you should be. But we make it so easy. We make it so political. Like the the other day I was talking to a pastor and he was talking to one of the guys that got up on stage and was doing like the, uh, he was doing like the introduction and he was wearing an ice cube shirt. And he was like, he probably shouldn't wear that. And my, my immediate response was, why not? And he was like, you're representing something that goes against what the core belief of the church is. I was like, he didn't say anything about not having a relationship with God. And God never says anything about Ice Cube. <laughs> Honestly, that that's exactly where I was headed to. Because I couldn't tell you how many times that I've been talked to or looked at crazy or just like given certain uh, things said to me. Because I'll walk into the church with a hoodie on. I'll walk into the church in sweats or joggers sometimes, sneakers, and I'll get looked at crazy. Or somebody's heard me say that God's a clown because, like, that's one of my favorite quotes that Noah's ever had is that God's a clown because it's so true. Like, God thinks he's hilarious. And Agreed. <laughs> it isn't funny. It's just not funny to me whenever I'm going through something and God's up there like, I, I put that together because I, I figured that you get the irony. Like, God, no, God, like, now's not the time. I'm not sitting here trying to laugh about the situation you have me I'm running around in. I'm t- it's insane. It's insane. But, like, nobody knows how to judge you like a Christian. But at the same time, that's where the church hurt comes from. And I think that's where a lot of, like, people, not just Christians, like, people have to look at each other and look at themselves and be like, 
who am I to sit here and judge someone else? Who am I to sit here and throw the first stone? Like, who am I to sit here and tell somebody else how they should be living whenever the whole thing about our generation, our age group is like, live your life, like do your thing. And then, you know, you land where you land. And with us, like you should be looking at things differently. Like you should be trying to hear what your next step is through everyday life. Because in my belief, the way I look at it, God's going to find somebody that he wants to come to him through where they're at. God is going to the people. He's not waiting. He's not always waiting for the people to come to him. And if they come into his church, he'd love it. But at the same time, like sometimes he's got to reach them through rap music. Sometimes he has to reach them through J. Cole, Kendrick, Eminem. Like he has to reach them where they're at. And I think it's so hard for Christians to understand that sometimes is you have to be a in Noah's words, you have to be a reach someone where they're at type of evangelist and not uh, wait for them to come to me type of evangelist. I think it's, it, it just brings you back to when we went to Rolling Loud and it, uh, I won't say it humbles people, but it makes people realize that Christians are just human, right? They're human with a belief system. And as much as we'd like you to be on board, that's not what everything's about. I'd love to build a relationship with you and I'd love to just get to know you. And at Rolling Loud, like, I was jumping around with a whole bunch of sweaty people that I didn't know, having a good time, and getting contact information. And I don't talk to no, none of them no more, but they have me on social media, and they see that I post whatever I do. They see that I'm a vessel. And I think that's what's cool about it is that you can have that impact on, like, just a congregation that doesn't even know what you're about. But then, on the flip side of that, I wore my Rolling Loud shirt to church because I'm I, I always like to stir the pot. So I roll I, I wore my rolling loud shirt to, to church and someone saw it saw the artists on the back. And they were like, Man, wh- why are you wearing that? I was like, What are you talking about? It's a shirt. I'm not allowed to wear a shirt. He was like, I just feel like you shouldn't be wearing a rolling loud T shirt just because it's not really about it's not really about for what we what we represent. And I was like, What do we represent here? And it kinda got him stumped. He he couldn't figure out how to tell me that I shouldn't be wearing that shirt I was like as far as I'm concerned I could wear whatever I want and as long as my relationship with God is good I turn to him like it doesn't matter what you think my shirt looks like because God sees me that's all he sees he doesn't see my shirt and is like man there's a lot of people that don't rap about me but he sees me and he sees me honoring him that's what matters I've got a lot to unpack in the last two things. Uh, first, I'm going to touch on what you said. First of all, I think there is a very fine line that you cannot cross when it comes to like attire. I feel like I feel like everyone listening knows where you're coming from, and I feel like we know where you're coming from. But I, I will say, I think I think there is a line, and it's uh, a line of like ignorance is bliss with it. And I would I would just caution on that just just issue caution so that's the first thing um but i, I did like what you were saying but like on, a, on what sense would you say issue caution because i understand like you don't want things vulgar you don't want things like like i don't i don't curse i don't represent cursing however i will represent the fact that i support artists that might not always rap about christianity so what is what would you say your line is then um i would just say like come with grace in that conversation because it almost feels like like, cause you said you like to stir the pot and, and like, I mean, you were like, you like wanted that conversation to happen. 
and like you wore it intentionally mm. just to show hey i listen to secular artists like and not to say like you that's what you're representing but the heart posture behind that is i'm wearing this to say i support these artists yeah and that in itself is i think misrepresenting just mm. because the heart posture behind it was i'm going to wear this shirt because i because of who's on it and not because I'm just going to wear the shirt because it's a shirt that I have. I think well, that's the heart posture behind well, it that the, I would caution. The thing that I was driving at is that uh, it doesn't it doesn't really matter if I listen to that music, right? And um, if my relationship was God, with God was uh, degrading because of it, then I'd understand. However, like I've listened to rap music since I was before I could even remember. Like I was three years old rapping Fifty Cent, and I can't even tell you the last time I used a curse word. So it's like, it's all about your conviction. And my whole point about wearing it, it was a stir the pot a little bit, but part of it was that I educate people. So I, I educate people in the sense of a lot of people are ignorant to the, the fact that like Christianity isn't about what, what you look like. And it's always the people who have been around it, went to Christian schools, Sunday school, all that, that have something to say about it. But at the same time, they're so they're so bred to to know that you have to look a certain way not in the sense of like skin color but like you have to dress a certain way you can't wear certain things so yes i was stirring the pot in the sense of like i was wearing it for a response but it's because i enjoy education not necessarily an argument i i also i'm um so i'm kind of torn right here because i get where you're coming from evan and i understand that you're saying that like you shouldn't be doing things to necessarily just like you know picket people um and i understand where noah's coming from whenever he says like it shouldn't be vulgar but at the same time like what i was saying earlier like you almost have to see where you should be based off of everything around you because like if you're doing things and god knows how to reach you like nobody else ever will he's going to reach you through whatever it takes and like that could be like Kendrick Lamar just won album of the year based off of him talking about his faith and where he feels like he's at with it. And a lot of people sat there and said that like, that's, um, uh, what's the word for it? No, whenever, uh, somebody sacrilegious, a lot of people are sitting there saying it's a sacrilegious album to where he's almost like mocking God or he's like doing certain things and talking about him in a certain way. That's just like, absolutely not. Like, you're not going to talk about my God like that. And he's sitting there like that, like your God, like this is my God too. Like I'm going through things that are real. You're not going to sit here and tell me that I'm not going through this or I have to look a certain way when I'm going through this because I'm figuring it out just like you are. And I think, uh, as far as Christians go, I think that's one place that we fall down a lot is like, we're quick to judge, but we're not quick to like understand and to ask where somebody's coming from because Noah listened to the artists that Rolling Loud, like some of those artists could have brought him to Christ. Like there are a lot of artists there that they talk about their faith and they obviously talk about a lot of other stuff, but they, they'll talk about where they're at. They'll talk about their relationship with God. They'll talk about um, certain things that will bring people to God and like that's not ever what they intended to do but you know wouldn't be the first time God used something that wasn't necessarily intended for him or him yeah and like I will say that I do ride the line a lot and that's what that's what this podcast is like based on that's the foundation of it is riding that line and saying like 
hey, let's talk about drinking. Hey, let's talk about smoking. Like, let's talk about the things that are that we don't talk about at church or we dismiss at church. We say, no, we just shouldn't do it and then dismiss it. Like, that's the point is that we're we're riding that line and saying, like, is it really as bad as we make it to have a drink somewhere? If I'm if I'm out at a party and I have a red solo cup, is it really that detrimental to my image as a Christian man or is it just the perception? And does the perception really matter or is it about how I'm honoring God in that moment? Because like you said last week, you don't shine a light in a lit room. You shine a light in a dark room. But I do agree with you that it's based off of intention and it's based off of where you're postured as far as trying to educate, trying to uh, be that light in a dark room. Or are you just trying to start argument? Are you just trying to light a fire? I, I agree with how you ended that off. And I, I think it all like comes back to what we just all agreed on where it's like it's a heart posture mm-hmm. and it's about intention. Um, and really quickly, I wanted to just jump back to what Bailey said like 10 minutes ago because I know we kind of rabbit holed down the like clothing attire. I wanted to go back and touch on what Bailey said um, earlier just real quick. Um, I think it'll be a good way to get us back on track. But he talked about how experiences that we have in the past – can help us in current day situations with uh, encounters with people, whether they're believers or not. And I, I just think it's so unique how Christ places those situations for everybody, believers or not. And there's going to be some controversial belief on, on people who are like, oh, well, we're in a simulation and, and God doesn't control anything, like whatever. My perspective is that... Um, God has, you know, he's omniscient. He He's all power, all knowing, all controlling. You know, he knew when I was going to be born before, you know, any of my bloodline was here. Right. And he's placed everyone where they are for a reason. Um, and those situations that we go through were happened for these encounters. Um, so I just I, I wanted to touch on that and say that was like a really cool point. Because it works, like you said, for believers and for non-believers. So like secular people, all of the trauma they go through in their past, when they when they come to Christ, all comes rushing in, like down like a flood, like, oh my gosh, I can share my experiences on people who, who haven't gone through it or maybe are going through it right now. Like, I've done this already. And uh, I want to say like, and this, this isn't too like stereotype, but I feel like non-Christians go through so much more early on in their life than Christians. Just like I was raised in a Christian household where things like drugs wasn't really a huge issue. Like I wasn't pressured into doing drugs like maybe some secular people were because I was homeschooled and then I was in private Christian education. So I wasn't exposed to that as much as some other people were. Mm. And people who, you know, I drug wasn't a temptation for me. It's not a temptation for me now and never has been. But I wasn't exposed to drugs as much as I am now, as I was five, six years ago. And secular people who, you know, were exposed to that can sh- shine light on a situation. Say, if I was tempted right now, they would be able to say, hey, Evan, here's how I overcame this. And they've got influence and in things that I, you know, am unknowing about. Yeah, and I think that the they bring a different power as far as born in Christ versus finding it just because exactly on your perspective or uh, what you were saying as far as perspective uh, where people who find Christ, they just have a different perspective of what they're tempted by 
and what they lived through. So, like, I lived in, like, the hood, like, a block from, like, gang violence, like, my almost my whole life. And that, that allows me to talk to the people over at our uh, youth ministry because that's their reality. A lot of them are not strong in their faith, and a lot of them are in the weeds as far as, like, right next to gang violence, right next to... Uh, homicides and all, all the all this crime they're right there uh so it helps me talk into their situation and be like hey i've been there this is how i overcame but your perspective as well as far as like being strong in the faith and growing up in it you're able to talk from a perspective of progression towards christ a lot better and be you're you're able to also pull from the scripture and say this is what dang my phone storage is full and say this is what uh, this is what God says in His book about that situation that you that you're talking about. So I think that we bring just two very unique perspectives, and even though our goal is the same, we we bring a lot of challenges that are unique. And we bring a lot of like really cool aspects to build up Christianity at the same time. Yeah, I actually think it's really crazy the way that all three of us have, like, way different paths, and uh, we ended up, like, here talking about it, um, because we do share our belief, and we share a lot of things that we uh, agree on, but there's also a lot of ways that we look at things differently, and I think, like, the way that Noah was raised, the way that Evan was raised, honestly, I think that I fit right in the middle. I mean, I had a lot of things that were just, like... um, made no sense for the environment I was in and like people were doing outrageous stupid stuff all the time but at the same time like it was not near as bad as it could have been um and so like I feel like I'm in the middle of like shootings down the street and then you know tie and suit jacket going to school so uh (laughs) and that that's like out in the country where like people have to dress and talk a certain type of way but at the same time like it, it wouldn't be out of the norm that you pull up on the wrong driveway and end up having somebody with a shotgun come out to meet you there. Um, so I, I really feel like with all the paths that we took, uh, it's just a good representation of how, like, whether you're born into it or whether you find it. And, uh, like, we, we end up getting to know certain people that bring us to certain places. Yeah, I think overall, like, Christians and non-Christians both bring stuff to the table that each other can benefit from, um, and we don't recognize that enough. Uh, And we talked about judgment a lot, and I almost feel like that only goes one way, and that comes from, like, the Christians who grew up in the church. Like, the Christians who, like, care about our image and stuff, like, we're the ones that are judging the new believers. They don't come in here judging us like, oh, you know, he's dressing too nice. Like you, you don't, you don't hear that. Yeah. Like mm. you don't, that, that judgment doesn't come from them. It only comes from us. Like, oh, he's got all these tattoos on his neck and, oh, he's got this sound. The other, like, oh, he listens to secular music. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That judgment doesn't come from secular people. All they know is, Hey, there's this guy named Jesus. He died for my sins. And all I got to do is tell the world about him and believe in him and trust in him and follow his teachings. And and really that's, it's as simple as that. And we make it so much more complicated than it needs to be sometimes. 
And like I said, they come with this heart posture of, I'm here, I'm sorry, fix me. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that, that their that relationship with God is just so much purer than, than people who have been around the block, I'll say. And the way that I said it the other day uh, is that we have a toxic relationship with God. Mm. Like, we go to God when we need something, and when God needs something from us, quote-unquote, we don't show up. We have something better to do. But whenever we ask God, like, God, I need you to get me through this season, he shows up. He's there, like Evan, to bring me Starbucks in the morning. He's there to bring me, like, what I need, my daily bread. And then he asks me, like, hey, I want you to reach this person without judgment because they need it. And I have a but statement to meet him with. Uh, as far as our actions, we forget how large sin, sin is. We, we forget how big of an area it encompasses and it just means that we fell down somewhere it means that we didn't meet a mark that's what it that's what it meant in like ancient terms when it was like archery you missed the mark it was a sin and we as much as that's important to know that stuff we also have to realize that like something as simple as disobedience something as simple as god saying go talk to that person across the street and me saying i would but i have to xyz that's a sin right there that's disobedience so that's the same thing, and we kind of talk about it a lot, but that's the same thing as someone who committed murder. That's the same thing as sexual immorality with some caveats just because sexual immorality is a sin on your own body. But we 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 tend to rank the sins, and then we're like, you are not worthy because you did X, Y, Z when all sin is on the same playing field, and all of it's solved by repentance. Yeah, I... I think a good way to like wrap this up and I, I wanted to touch on this before we wrap up um, myself, Noah, Bailey, all of us fall short on a daily basis. And this is, this podcast is not for us to say we're perfect Christians. It's for us to exploit how we're not perfect Christians and how we can relate and say, this is how we walk through our daily lives. And, and, you know, you heard it today, like like me and Noah went back and forth and Bailey chimed in on, like, on the disagreement we had on, like, the clothing thing. And we are all, we're coming on here with the heart posture to give perspective to everybody and to relate. Um, and also, these are unscripted. This is raw questions, raw responses. So, you know, I know specifically I'm the one editing this. There's going to be a lot of chopping I have to do because there was times where I sat for 30 seconds and was like, I need to think before I answer about this. And even then, my words were still jumbled. And I'm sure both of these guys have thought the same thing where they're, like, on their toes on an answer. And they kind of wish they had another minute or two or ten or a day to think about it. But that's what we're here to do is give you our raw responses and reactions. And, you know, I just want to thank everyone for giving us the opportunity to do so. And also giving uh, some leeway for us if we don't give the most clear responses right away. Uh, one other thing that Noah actually said was um, it doesn't – well, both of you is, like, it doesn't take a perfect Christian to lead or it doesn't take – like, there is no perfect Christian. And I think one of the best examples of that with your example of disobedience is, like, whenever God called on Moses to lead his people, Moses said no. Like, Moses was like, I can't talk well in front of people at all yeah, and he was brother. like exactly you're gonna have to ask my brother he was like why, why don't you both do it like god met him where he was and he was like all right i understand you're scared like why here let me help you out and then god uh used him again because like moses was a murderer 
Like, this dude killed a dude, let him, like, rot on the side of a river, and God used him to lead his people. Like, there are so many cases where he's going to use somebody that's imperfect because that's, that's all there is. And, like, he's going to use someone that has done so many wrong things to do right. And I think that's just, like, it's a really good example from Genesis, like, at the very beginning. And, or, sorry, Exodus. Yeah, and he... Uh... He qualifies the unqualified. That's the uh, that's the word that came to mind as soon as you said that. But uh, you guys both nailed, nailed it right on the head as far as, like, none of us are perfect. I have my rap albums on the wall behind me. Like, I'm going to listen to rap music today. And uh, me and Evan can disagree, but we agree to disagree at the end of the day. We compromise when we meet in the middle and we say, I understand where you're at. I understand your point. However, this is my conviction. And like you said, this is what it's all about. It's a, it's about that raw response to the questions of, hey, how do you deal with this? And as much as it would be nice to be able to prepare a script and read it off, that's not what we want to give. We want to give, hey, this is the world we live in. We all struggle. We all sin. We all fall short. And Christian or not. And this is where we're at. And this is our raw response. And, you know we're able to have these disagreements because we have that foundation and we all know no matter what our end goal is to is to glorify God. That's yeah. that's our end goal. Yeah. So I want to thank everyone who has listened, who's watched the TikToks, who's sharing again. Uh and I just encourage you to to keep on keep on listening, keep on uh on this journey and we'll be back next week. We're taking the shoes off and we're putting the slides on. We're out.